This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Welcome to the things that matter. My name is Maritza. I'm a native New Englander, now living in the South, managing the business world while keeping my own mental health in check. I've always had a fascination for the brain and behavior in anything neuroscience related. The world can feel overwhelming at times, especially if you don't understand yourself. I thought I did for years before being diagnosed with anxiety and depression. I'm here to show you that you are not alone. I want to inspire you as a listener to be that empowered individual that you know lives deep down in your heart. But I will be the first one to let you know you cannot get there without working on yourself. It starts right here, right now. You can make a difference in someone's life, no matter how small it seems. We need community. We need collaboration. We need people. Hi, everyone. Welcome today to the podcast. Today, we have a guest, Stephanie Dimas, here with us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Um, We're so excited to have you today and talk about mental health, which is very important to all of us. Very important to me. So um, I always like to start and tell people how we know each other, if you want to share that story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I am Maritza's hairstylist. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And there's definitely no shortage of fun topics that come up in the salon. Um, We talk about almost everything. (laughs) We're very uh, laid back salon. So lots of different topics come up. Mental health is a big one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm very open with all my clients about my history with mental health. And so that's kind of how this all kind of came to be. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I know, yeah, sitting at the hairstylist, you obviously have a lot of time Mm -hmm. um, when you're doing anything to your hair, in your hair process. So it's a long time and it's a good time to connect with people. So yeah, I joke and call myself the the therapist because <laughs> you're getting your hair done and you get a little baby dose of therapy too while that. you're there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's why I go. Exactly. Actually. Exactly. <laughs> you're like the hair is shit, but she's great. <laughs> no, the hair looks great. Not right now, but but no one sees me, so it's okay. <laughs> That's good. You can't see you. It's all audio, so we're good. Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk today about mental health. So we'll just dive right into it. Um, and I'll start wherever you want to start. So go from there. Um, I mean. I guess we can start like so my family generally has a history with mental health. Um my mom has anxiety that she was diagnosed with when I was a little baby. Like I don't remember any mm-hmm. of this. I think I was months old, probably okay. like 4 or 5 months old. Yeah. When she was told me that she would get really, really frustrated with things I would do as like a four-month-old baby. (laughs) And then she went to her therapist and was like, I'm irrationally mad at a four-month-old. Like what? And he was like, yeah, we definitely need to sign you up for like some more sessions. And that Mm -hmm. was 37 years ago. So Yeah. When did you learn from her? Um... When I was a kid, she used to say things to me like she would have massive, massive panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And she would say to me, if I ever like sit down on the floor, like because she would also get like blood sugar dips and like she would sometimes like pass out from that. Okay, so yeah. she would tell me like, if mommy ever sits down on the floor, like run next door and get Mrs. Jackson. That was our neighbor. <laughs> and so like I didn't know what was going on, but I always kind of knew like she didn't like to drive on highways. Mm-hmm. She There was a few other things. I don't I don't really – remember what they are right now but just like things like that as I started getting a little bit older I'd realize like not everybody's mom does that kind of stuff yeah and so then as I started like getting a little older she would she she always like kind of told me but like in an age-appropriate way you know what I mean like so she wasn't something that was really important to her was not like 
making me recreate the same kind of issues that she had, even though some of it is genetic. Mm -hmm. You can't be genetics, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. But um, so, yeah, she was always very open with me, like from a young age. Um, Her father had struggled with mental health. He he took his own life. So it just kind of been something in my family that's always been around and Mm -hmm. talked about. And then as I got older and I started having my own issues with anxiety and stuff, then she would like open up even more to me and be like, okay, this is what happened to me. But Uh like I was definitely in my early 20s when that started happening, when like Uh she would really open up more about like the things that she went through and Mm -hmm. what was hard for her and when she decided to go for therapy and get on medication and all of that. So yeah. Did you appreciate from her hearing those conversations? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely good. The only thing that like was hard and what her and I have talked about all of this so Uh many times is I think that she so badly didn't want me to have anxiety and some of the issues that she dealt with that she chose not to see some very obvious signs of anxiety (laughs) within me as a child. Like I've always had picking issues. Okay. And it's like, that's not necessarily quote unquote normal Mm -hmm. for your child to be biting their cuticles and picking scabs and stuff like that. And then when I went to my therapist and I would talk to my therapist about it and she'd be like, yeah, like that's, and a lot of times it's genetic. She'd say, you know what? My mom did used to pick all the scabs on her legs, like mm, useful information. Yeah. Would have been useful ahead of time. But like, I don't, I think she just kind of chose not to put two and two together. If that, that makes yeah, sense. that makes sense. Because she so badly wanted me to have a normal life. Like, I guess that's what everybody wants for their child. Yeah. And so she was in a little baby bit of denial, but we've also talked about that. Okay. <laughs> so. When did you start going to therapy? When did you decide that was a moment? Um, I think I was. So the first time she she made me go okay. was in high school. That's well, that's And I was like helpful. 17. Yeah, it was it, it's helpful when you're open to it. Mm. But I was like, I'm not crazy. I don't you're 17 years old like you're not open to any of that I was like I'm not a crazy person it's like yes everybody's a crazy person everybody needs to go to therapy so she made me go and I hated it so I was super resistant Mm -hmm. to it and then I stopped I think when I turned 21 and I was like going out and drinking a lot and that doesn't Mm -hmm. help your mental state it wasn't helping me with my anxiety at all that's when I started And I've said this to other people, like clients that sit in my chair. I think I've been to 13 different therapists to find one that I really liked. Yes. (laughs) So that's from about 17 years old to I think I was 26 or 27 when I finally started seeing my one therapist. So I love her. I tell her all the time. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't inappropriate, we'd be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I tell people all the time because I think it's it's so hard to get to that step to get to therapy. And then hearing that other people go Mm -hmm. helps a lot. Yes. I put up a little one of my therapist flyers at the salon. Oh, nice. And I tell all my clients, (laughs) she's amazing. I would trust anybody in her practice. Like, you should talk to her. Yeah. And she was trained by a member of the trans community. So mm-hmm. she's there. They're just really have a great open business that are there for a lot of different people. So yeah. I highly recommend Oh, them. nice. Okay. Well, we'll have to leave that uh, yeah. you know, for uh, everyone. Exactly. Yeah. I'll give you the info <laughs> okay, outside of here. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So that's super. And yeah. So finding the right therapist. I know even for me, when I had my first. So hard. Yeah. I remember first it was it was cost. It was issues yeah. of being able to afford it. And this was years ago. And then it turned out I was with a th- therapist that I could afford. Um, well, I thought I could. It's still a lot. Um, yeah, even with insurance covering. no matter what. Yeah. And then we got through probably six or seven sessions and I realized – 
I wasn't even talking about the issues I wanted to be talking mm-hmm. about and we really weren't diving in. So it kind of, it almost, you're it's like, upsetting. This is a waste like, of my money. Yeah, like, why you're, am I doing this? You're starting back at, you know, square yeah. one. And, and that can be going. like the ending for a lot of people. They're like, mm-hmm. well, I tried it. I tried therapy. It's like, yeah. I hate to break this to you, but, <laughs> but 13, 13 is lucky number <laughs> well, for me. Well, okay. Lucky number 13. I believe in lucky number 13, right? too. I'm I'm, well, I'm Italian and 13 is a lucky number for Italians. So <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm part right? Italian, too. So hey, maybe that's, that, why. that's why it works. Yeah, <laughs> That's why. Yeah. So even my ex-boyfriend, he used to say like he really just – has never vibed with any therapist. And I was uh-huh. like, 13 therapists. I wasn't doing it for my for fun. It's not fun. It actually no. sucks really bad because you have to rehash all this mm-hmm. traumatic, unfun stuff that happens to you. Yeah. And sometimes you get through four sessions <laughs> and you're like, this is not doing anything. And then sometimes you sit down with someone. Like when I found my therapist, Lisa, mm-hmm. she immediately just like got it. I never felt judged. Like mm-hmm. there is the right therapist out there for you. So yeah. like if it's that if that's what's holding people back, I like you just have to keep on trying. That's really good to know. And it's good to hear your story. Yeah. I think that right? will empower therapists. <laughs> I mean, I would hope it's not gonna be 13 for everyone, but it's really good to know hey, that you sometimes it get takes it right time. on the first time. You yeah. don't know, but you won't know until you try. Exactly. Yeah. Oh wow. So well, so through all the therapists, <laughs> uh, what have you learned about yourself? I mean, I'm sure a lot, oh, but. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was actually really, I kind of always knew that I had anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. So I have a uh, diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. I have a uh, trichotillomania um, and like a slight form of like, it's also called dermatillomania. So it's basically like uh, skin picking. Um, people will, with trichotillomania will pull out their eyelashes, their eyebrows, their hair on their scalp like anywhere Mm -hmm. that you could pick at something it's an obsessive compulsive base disorder okay so it's like a form of ocd where like you just have a hard time regulating your anxieties and you you basically take it out in like a form of self-mutilation which sounds terrible but Mm -hmm. that's like if you look it up in like the dsm like that's what it says (laughs) and it's all i mean this is all going on in the brain and we don't see it yeah exactly well and i think that's what was hard for people that like know me they're like oh my god you always had like 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 so outgoing and you love to talk mm-hmm. to people and it's like yeah anxiety manifests itself in different ways in everybody yeah mine was pulling out my eyelashes and picking <laughs> my cuticles so you might not see that right away uh-huh. but it's always there yeah so you kind of just have to learn coping mechanisms Sometimes anxiety medication helps. Mm-hmm. Sometimes anxiety medication makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes ADD medication <laughs> helps. Sometimes ADD medication makes it worse. So it really depends on the person and their chemical makeup. Like with yeah. all anxiety medications, your doctor just kind of has to help you mm-hmm. find the right one. That's important. <laughs> uh, what has helped you specifically? I know, it could, um, like you said, it could be yeah. different for everyone. But. I uh, take Zoloft. Okay. Um, it That is the th- third medication I've been on. Mm-hmm. I tried Cymbalta. I tried Celexa. Celexa was a nightmare. It made me physically sick. Like I felt like I was going through withdrawals because I was. Mm-hmm. If I didn't take it at the exact same time every single day, which wow. is hard for me because yeah. of being a hairstylist, my schedule's not the same nine to five. I could have seven hour color service mm-hmm. and then nothing for the rest of the day. Yeah. So it was hard for me to 
consistently i'm also just bad at taking medication <laughs> generally i feel like i mean i don't know i speak for myself but that's I why i had the I'm birth really control implant because i couldn't do that every day at the same time i know myself that's what therapy has taught me yeah i've well, learned a lot about good. myself and that's one of the things so once i finally like figured out that didn't work and i uh-huh. found zoloft to be the thing that has worked the best for me okay. and i've kind of had to play around with the dosage a little bit obviously mm-hmm. with my doctor yes um and now i don't even remember what i'm on now i take one pill every morning <laughs> well you, you have a schedule exactly so that's good. and so that has been the thing that has helped me the most my doctor recently diagnosed me with add okay. <laughs> or adhd i forget which one they have overlapping mm-hmm. uh and and also anxiety can have a lot of the same um, symptoms, I guess, okay. as ADD and ADHD. Uh-huh. So they were thinking about trying to switch my medication, but I'm like, I don't want to wean off one and onto another. Yeah, it's like it's always tough. Yes, exactly. And yeah, so we're 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 in the talks of maybe a medication change, but yeah. Are there yeah. any things non medication wise that have helped you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's always um, good to hear too. Yeah. I think sometimes things, it can be a combination, but it absolutely you know, it, is. Mm-hmm. And like right now, it's funny. I definitely go through phases where I'm like. I'm going to be so healthy. Mm-hmm. And like eating healthy is one thing, 100% that I know helps me, mm-hmm. but I am lazy. <laughs> I will admit that. I am lazy. I hate meal prepping. I do not like exercising. <laughs> I stand all day at work. And when I'm home, I'm tired. Yeah. And so when I get in like my moods where I really want to like meal prep and stuff, it absolutely helps. I can control mm-hmm obsessive thoughts better okay um which plays into the the like skin picking and Mm -hmm. stuff just being able to like cut my brain off at that thought of like because sometimes it's mindless like it gets to be a habit after a while yeah that's why i have these incredibly long nails (laughs) (laughs) they look great but it's it's partially like people are always like oh my god i can't do you how do you do anything and i'm like well a, I kind of need them because I will pick my cuticles. Yeah. And B, they look pretty. Yes, they do. They're bright red or they're, they're beautiful red, red and color. pointy. Yes. <laughs> For everyone who can't see this, yeah, they're red. So it's, uh, it, there are things that you kind of learn how to to manage certain things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, eating healthy. Um, like even just like keeping my skin moisturized is like a huge thing. When yeah. my skin isn't dry, which I have a tendency to be dry generally mm-hmm. and then getting older – yeah, makes that change. Uh, the winter, the water here is really like terrible, like uh, mm-hmm. all of it. So like I've had to learn like I have to use lotion when I get out of the shower. There's just certain things that I need to do because if I don't do them, I'll mm-hmm. pick or when I get anxious or even yeah. subconsciously like if I'm not doing anything at work, I'll be like I was just sitting there picking my thumbnail or whatever because sometimes it has become like a little bit of habit. Mm-hmm. No, it's good to know about the moisture. Like, just the lotion yep. moisturizing in general has helped. So, yep. Like something exactly. as simple as that. But yeah, there's um, yeah, there that's so great to. Hear. I mean, it's great to hear the things you're doing. They're great mm-hmm. things. But you've, I mean, it's taken some time to realize. Oh, yeah. all I mean, those things. I'm 37 years old, and even just over the past 10 years, I've realized things where I would have never done them. Mm-hmm. Or like even 10 years ago, I wouldn't have admitted that like eating healthy would help. <laughs> I would have never said that. Like mm-hmm, I know it helps. Like I know it helps, but I'm just lazy now. Yeah. At least you're self-aware. So I good. try to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's definitely a learned through therapy thing. It's like evaluating my own behavior yeah. type of thing. Because it's like you can't expect huge changes out of therapy mm-hmm. if you're not like evaluating your behavior when you're doing certain things. It's like 
it's not fun to realize mm-hmm. that something that you do might be toxic, but that's what therapy's for. <laughs> yeah. Have you found any other people in like similar situations, I, even through work or through? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Good. I talk about – I'm very open at work yeah. with my mental health. I have clients specifically who come to me who are uncomfortable. One specific client comes to mind who has said to me, like, I have severe social anxiety and, mm-hmm. like, I feel only comfortable coming to your chair. Because, like, I, from the second she sat down in my chair, I was like, I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. I have OCD. I have a skin-picking <laughs> Like I'm going to tell you everything right now. And like it made her feel better about like not feeling, wondering like, am I acting weird? Mm -hmm. Is she judging me? Like, I don't care. Act as weird as you want to act in my chair. I don't (laughs) care. Like, I am very open with all of that. I don't think anybody should ever feel ashamed of having Mm -hmm. anxiety any any sort of mental health issue it's like nobody's perfect yeah no i'm so glad we're talking about this because i feel like years back you know it was oh my god such a stigma talk about it yeah and even when my mom started going to therapy like when i was a child in like mm-hmm. the early 90s people would say like cuz i'm also from new york and mm-hmm. like the italian community it's like well, you therapy you don't tell people our problems like yeah. this is not something culturally that people really did Mm -hmm. that's thankfully changing i think a lot of people are just more open about it but yeah that was not something you talked about Mm -hmm. if you did do it you didn't talk about it because people would judge you and Mm -hmm. that's changed a lot even in the past five to ten years has changed a whole lot yeah i feel like i mean i started all this journey therapy and everything before covid but Mm -hmm. it definitely you know covid definitely brought out thanks to everybody who started therapy (laughs) in covid because now i can't get an appointment with my therapist (laughs) Because everybody has realized they need therapy, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, but she had. She's even told me she's had to expand her practice and hire new oh, um, wow, okay. counselors because she was overwhelmed with people reaching out to her, and she's like, "I just physically, I'm going to have a breakdown." Yeah, <laughs> trying to help other people during COVID. But I think it's great. I mean, if that's what the catalyst is for people, then mm-hmm. I mean. Gotta have a reason. Yeah. No, something is gonna eventually <laughs> kind of push you over the edge where you're like, I gotta do something. <laughs> yeah, and I think we all have that tipping point. I know yeah. for me, I was kind of a mixture of the things I love. Like I found that I got well, I've had anxiety for years, but mm-hmm. I realized I really had bad anxiety when I got a panic attack. Well, I started getting panic attacks when I was sleeping. So I'd wake up in the middle of the night in a complete panic, not realize where I was mm-hmm. and be completely out of my element because I didn't know how to control it. So mm-hmm. I would be, That's my scary. heart would be racing and everything in the middle of the night, wake up and I love sleeping. <laughs> right. <laughs> so love like, I knew something was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was, that was really, that was the part that I was like, oh, maybe I should go back to the doctor and see if there's mm-hmm. anything wrong or maybe I should go to the doctor because I actually just went to therapy at the time, not to an actual doctor. Which is important. You should do both. Yes. Because they do work hand in hand. Like I've had with my doctor telling me, like diagnosing me with ADD mm-hmm. and then being like, well, I can't medicate you for that because she's not like a, a psycho terminology yeah. is. She can't write prescriptions. So then she sends me to my regular doctor with like, here's all the information I found. And then my general doctor and I kind of like talk about the medication and mm-hmm. what's worked in the past, what hasn't worked in the past, and we kind of make a decision together. Yeah, it's so important. And then aside from just that, the sleeping, I woke up, well, I also love the gym. And mm. so I was, I got a panic attack at the gym and that was the point yeah, where so I was like. safe space. <laughs> yeah. And like, mm, I was like, I can't go good. to sleep and love sleeping and I can't go to the gym and be happy and not have a panic attack. And so I I went to the doctor that day. I remember making an appointment and it was 
something I'd never talked to my general doctor about at mm-hmm. all. And he made me feel so calm in that situation because he's like, we're, we're, don't worry. We're going to figure this out. We're yeah. going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to figure out what's, what's sometimes you affecting don't, you. I think a lot of times people don't need to go on medication. Mm-hmm. I personally feel like medication should be one of the last things that you try. Yeah. And my therapist was really great about that. It's not like just a, here you go. Mm-hmm. medicate you and be out the door like she's actually very concerned when she doesn't hear from me for a while she sends me a text message that's a good therapist yeah because she cares about her patients yeah and I think that's a big thing that a lot of people just kind of feel like they're there giving them all this money and they don't feel like they care about them and mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing for, for people for therapy to be effective you have to be willing to open up to this person yeah so it's important that you like they feel like they care about you and so she was really careful about you know making sure that she we were on the right medication. <laughs> yeah. And again, finding the right therapist, I know it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely believe, you know, you should try therapy first. And then it just got to that point where I needed something else. Yeah. And I, I too tried medication. The first medication didn't do anything. And then the second one they put me on did. Well, I didn't realize it in the moment, but mm-hmm. it over, takes a little while. Yeah, over time, you kind of realize you're like, wow, that's what it's supposed to feel like. Right. <laughs> and, I'm not supposed to have nervous sweats when I'm driving down the highway. <laughs> And crying? Yeah. That's not normal. <laughs> like going to bed crying is yeah. not like a thing? Like not every night at least? Should, you know? <laughs> it shouldn't happen ideally. <laughs> so yeah, it took it took some time to get to that point, but I'm glad I did and, you know, kind of went through that and figured that out. But yeah, it's, it, it's never – I tell people this all the time too. Like even though I'm not on medication right now, um, it's, it's always a process. Like yeah. you're still – you still have those thoughts. You still have – things you have to deal with and it will it's not going to go away completely like there'll be there'll be things there'll be things that bring up anxiety yeah, or that are triggering things. that maybe mm-hmm. it will happen it'll start again and yeah my mom has tried to wean herself off of medication several times in her life and she's just not one of those people that can come off medication her anxiety mm-hmm. is so severe that she like needs to be on something yeah um but not some people start and stop like once they're feeling a lot better i have started and I've never come off of it. So <laughs> Yeah, and that's fine. Like you don't, you know, you can stay on it. So yeah. it's whatever works for you. Absolutely. And that's what I, I just tell, tell everyone. everybody who sits in my chair, like and if we start talking about it, I'm like, don't decide it's not working for yourself and then stop it. Yeah. Because just abruptly stopping anti-anxiety medication can mm-hmm. be very bad for you. You mm-hmm. always should consult your doctor before you start or stop any medication. Yes. Because I've had people be like, I'm sick of this. I'm just gonna stop. And I'm like, please don't. <laughs> Call your doctor first and ask because you don't know what's – because you could. You could just go into withdrawals. Like, Mm -hmm. you could feel really – I used to get physically sick from one of my medications. Like, I have to pull over and throw up. So, it definitely – like, you need to talk to your doctor first. It's important. Yeah, Even if you don't feel like it's doing anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what would you say, like, now, just – Overall wellness, like what what are the things that make you happy and bring you joy on an everyday um, basis that you try to just have in your daily habits? My cats. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I have four cats. <laughs> it's like living in a zoo, but I love them. My one baby cat, Ziggy specifically, is my baby and he makes me so happy. Aww. And he, he literally is like my security blanket at night. Mm-hmm. He sleeps with me and sleeps on top of me. And when he's not with me, it takes me forever to fall asleep. Yeah. So he's like my weighted blanket. He's I love huge. It. He's 15.5 pounds. We just took him to the vet and they were like, he's really big. Mm-hmm. And he lays on top of me at night. <laughs> that is truly a weighted blanket, yep, actually. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
pounds right in the chest. So everyone just get a cat. <laughs> yep, all you need is a 15-pound cat, and uh, that's except Aww. the blanket you don't have to feed and clean up after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is even better. Yeah, right. Well, I guess you have to feed the yeah, the cat. Yeah, yeah the cat. <laughs> we, we feed our cats. <laughs> Noted, yes. <laughs> oh, that's, my yeah. cats, um, honestly, like, I love my job. I'm mm-hmm. really, really lucky. Like, you've been in a yeah. salon, you know. Everybody that I work with is really cool. I'm the assistant manager, and my manager is so funny. Like, he'll just come up and talk to people, like, out of nowhere. And sometimes my clients are like, who is this extremely <laughs> tall gay man talking to me? And sometimes they're like, oh, my God, I love the vibes here. I'd say 95% of the time people, like, love the vibes because mm-hmm. it's a it's a safe space. It's super open about mental health. And mm-hmm. we have all different types of people that work for us that come into the salon. And we're right in the middle of Charlotte. So, like, mm-hmm. it really just is a very inclusive, fun space. Like, we've had people walk in the door, see all the pride fe- flags and be like, Maybe this isn't. And they'll turn around and leave. And we're like, you know what? Leave. Because we, this is clearly a type of, a safe space for people. And so we don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. So it's, I'm really lucky that I work with awesome people. And Mm -hmm. I'm also lucky that I work with people where I could be like, hi, I had a nervous breakdown this morning (laughs) and I can't come into work today. I try very, very hard not to do that. Yeah. But My anxiety is kind of the way that, like, I'll be fine until I'm not Mm because I've learned how to, like, deal with it. Yeah. But it gets so, like, mentally exhausting to be on top of sometimes that I really just am like, I I can't get out of bed today. Like, every once in a while I have one of those days. And I just have to tell them. I just have to be honest. Like, look, I need a mental health day. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try and get better. Nick, if you're listening to this, (laughs) I'm going to get better about taking days off in advance. (laughs) For my own mental health. But I love their. I love that. They're, it's. I can even care, have that you know? conversation, yeah. and, which in a lot of places you can't. No. So I'm very lucky that I work for people mm-hmm. who understand, who have also dealt with mental health issues, and who just like they get it and they genuinely care about how yeah. I am. So. And as you say, it's something that kind of happens out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. So you don't. You can't plan Literally for that. Literally some mornings I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm so physically exhausted that all I want to do is lay in bed yeah. today. And I can't always do that because I have clients on my books. But mm-hmm. if I don't, then I might take a mental health day. Yeah. But that's what's important for employers, I think, to recognize as well. Like yeah. sometimes like mental health is not something you can plan in advance for. It's no. like I'm taking off this day. It's like I woke day. up with a sore throat this morning. It should be treated the same way yeah. in my opinion. No, it should be. And it it's not always. Mm-hmm. So when we try to be very understanding about that because, you know, stuff happens. And if you're really truly struggling with mental health issues, your mm-hmm. job being mad at you is not going to help. No. It's going to make it worse because then that's just another thing for you to worry about. So I would never want to be the reason that someone who's already struggling mm-hmm. is – it's making it worse for them. Like, I would feel horrible. Yeah. So, like, we try very much to have an open dialogue about that type of stuff. You know, obviously, like, we're not going to talk about something that people don't want us to talk about. But, like, mm-hmm. if they're struggling, like, you think come into the office and pull us aside and be like, look, this is just not it for me right now. <laughs> yeah. And will we say, like, if you want to tell us, you can. We're here to listen. But also, like, just tell us, you know, like, I've been struggling lately and we will be as understanding as we can. Mm-hmm. Don't take advantage of that, but we try. (laughs) We try to be understanding. (laughs) Yeah. Are there anything you guys do as a team to kind of just – I mean, we really just have a lot of fun at at work. Like, (laughs) it's such a – hair salons in general, 
I sometimes I'll talk about things that like we talk about at work and my uh-huh. friends are like, I could never. It's just such a laid back atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And people do use the 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 salon chair like a therapist chair. <laughs> I've had people tell me things in the past where I'm like, I did not want to know that, but you felt comfortable telling me that. So that's what's important. Yeah. This reminds me of like when I used to work in the gym industry and like our personal trainers. I swear sometimes I'm like listening. The stories. You, you overhear the stories and you're like, what, what are, are they, they talking, talking about? <laughs> I'll be in the back room sometimes and I'm like, does anybody else hear what's happening in the chair up there? Like people either are very tight lipped mm-hmm. or they come in and they just have verbal diarrhea. It all yeah. just comes flying out. Well, and you're it's like, a safe space, okay. like you said. It is very safe. <laughs> people tell us things and we're like, honestly, we usually, people who are that open don't care. Like, yeah. Even if uh, we're not the type of people that are going to judge you, but mm-hmm. even if you were typically people who share that much. They don't care. Yeah. They want it. <laughs> they they want to be heard. They don't care. Like, yeah, exactly. So we just, we have a lot of fun in it. There have been days where I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go to work. And then I get there and I'm like, okay, being around everyone, mm-hmm. being around my coworkers that I love that make me laugh, like, yeah. helps a lot. Laughter. So, yeah, laughter definitely <laughs> helps. It's important. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love I say everybody, anybody who think, tells me I'm funny is automatically my best friend. So, <laughs> Have I told you that before? No, I don't know. You definitely laugh at my jokes. Though, so okay, that's good. Like, that's all that matters. Well, and I wouldn't laugh if I didn't think it was funny. Exactly. So you know now exactly. you're, you're funny. Oh I mean, it's just learn through working with people. Yeah. You just kind of learn to abs- expect absurd things to happen. Yeah. And you just kind of roll with it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We're, I'm very lucky that where I work is like actually – Obviously, it's work. It can be stressful, but mm-hmm. people that I work with and work for the company is really cool. So. Yeah. Oh, it's so many hours a week. How many, like, on average do you spend at um, work? I'm scheduled, like, 40 a week. Okay. Um, it can be slightly less than that. It can be slightly more depending on what the services are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes someone comes in for a color service and you think it's going to take three hours and it takes six. Yeah. <laughs> it really depends. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll go over that. So. Mm-hmm. They don't like obviously if you're you work overtime you work overtime but like they don't want us to work overtime not because they don't want to pay us mm-hmm. but because it's really not great for your health to be working 70 80 90 hours weekly that's not good for you and you're on your feet the whole time yes. yeah and so. i've always had jobs where i stood so i have really messed up feet now so <laughs> oh, gosh. i have to be careful yeah <laughs> i have orthopedic insoles in my shoes <laughs> i stand on the little fancy mat yeah so eventually i'll get things. so old that i'll have to scoot in a chair <laughs> around my clients. Well, you've got some years, but so. my mental health will be great. <laughs> and you can inspire the world I, with, you know, everything mm-hmm. you're doing. So that's what's important. Yeah. I mean, we try. We really like to be open about things with mm-hmm. our clients. And, you know, we do work with a lot of the queer community at mm-hmm. my job because it is a safe space. And, you know, that comes with a lot of things that can be majorly like downers and, mm-hmm. and and not fun stories that we hear that have happened to people. But it's important to talk about that kind of stuff because A, it normalizes mental health and B, it also makes people see the issues that the queer community are going through yeah. and that mental health issues are so important in the queer community and the trans community, just like they're people just like everybody else mm-hmm. and and they need help and to be open about things 
if not even more so than the regular community. So yeah. it's like super important to me to work in a space like that it's where really it's nice. inclusive and you can talk about things openly and not be judged. Yeah. That's really important. And having a voice, like yeah, what you said, having absolutely. a voice and having just an outlet to tell people things like they don't want to be Some people feel like things. they can't go to work and even be themselves. It's like, what yeah. kind of quality of life? That's not good for your mental health. No. Like trying to pretend that you're somebody else. Yeah. I would never want that for somebody in my chair or as an employee of mine. Mm-hmm. I just I want you to be yourself everywhere. Yeah. And it's sad that some people can't do that. So we try to provide that for people. That's awesome. Employees and clients. Mm-hmm. So important. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. um, (laughs) What, I guess, parting advice or, you know, lasting words, what what Um, you'd want to tell everyone just about mental health or just about wellness in general? (laughs) I think uh, for mental health, like Mm -hmm. I said, like, you know, 13 therapists, sometimes it takes a while. Don't – if you really truly feel like you – want to go to therapy and you need therapy and you feel like it will help you and you're open to it, Mm -hmm. you may have to try and find different therapists. Like it's not always going to be the first or second one. And that Mm -hmm. can be very discouraging. I took years off in between those therapists too. This wasn't like, all right, next, next. It was, you know, maybe a few months with this one and then Mm -hmm. a year or two off because I was over it and I didn't want to try anymore. Yeah. Do you, quick question. Do you remember how you found your current therapist? Yes, actually. (laughs) I went through a really, really bad breakup and I was like inconsolable. Uh Now looking back on it, I'm like, he was an idiot. I don't know why I was so upset. But, you know, in the moment. Yeah. I was literally crying like all day long. I could not stop, Mm -hmm. which is not like me. Like I I get emotional, but I also get over it quickly. Yeah. So I went on my health insurance website and literally was looking therapists up that were in network. And I saw her picture and I thought, she looks like a nice lady. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I love it. Exactly what happened. And it's so funny because she, she says like, she tells me too, like, if I wasn't your therapist, like we could definitely be friends because she's from New Jersey. Like she just kind of gets my personality. And she happened to open her work emails just at like 9 p.m. the night I sent the email. Yeah. She was like, something just told me to respond to wow. the email. I was like, see, it was meant to be. I <laughs> it was. I was supposed to be here with you. <laughs> so it was uh, United Healthcare's <laughs> website. Love and it. I literally thought she looks like a nice lady. Yeah. And that's why I went to well, her. Well, hey, sometimes, sometimes that's all. vibes are, they yeah, tell you a lot. They so. do. And I, yeah. The world is going to do what, the universe is going to put everything together for exactly. you eventually. Well, exactly. it might take some time, but. It does work itself out. And I had, I think I got to like a breaking point where I was like, I need to go. Mm-hmm. Like I had known that. Yeah. But then going through a breakup and having it all kind of like pushed into my face, I was like, these are not healthy behaviors. Like, mm-hmm. and I recognize that. And I just think that like it was the right time. And like you said, things just kind of align themselves. Yeah. When you're in the right like mental space to like accept that like when you're ready yeah you're like, yeah okay fine I need to go therapy like mm-hmm. I finally just like kind of got over that like I need to find someone that I can reliably go to mm-hmm. and now it's been a while where you know we'll have catch-ups sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, something will happen and I'll feel like all right I need a few sessions and then yeah. we'll do like a catch-up every once in a while or every mm-hmm. once in a while we'll do a phone session um, for a while during the pandemic, she was doing walking sessions. So, like, oh, her I clients could meet her. Yeah. Because she's a, a bariatric um, surgery, like, 
like a therapist that like specializes in people who have had bariatric surgery. Okay. So she herself lost a lot of weight. And so like she has therapist uh, clients who deal with all of the issues that come with a huge weight loss mm-hmm. and all that. So she'll go and like have a th- like a therapy walking date. She had it like cleared through like the insurance companies wow. where they'll still cover it because it's not it wasn't technically like in office and she'll yeah. go and walk and do therapy with them. I don't know I like, how many therapists do that, but I feel like that, that so is cool? the coolest thing I've ever heard. She's, I, I'm not kidding. I love her. I love her. <laughs> we, her yeah, we will, we, we will find a I'll way to refer her. her information yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So sorry I interrupted, no, no, but no. I, yeah, I wanted to hear just any final words and no, lasting stick, thoughts. I think stick with it. You know, it, it can be very discouraging when you're like, I don't feel like this is changing. I don't feel like the medicine's doing anything. I'm mm-hmm. still doing all the same behaviors that I had before. Yeah. It takes time, like with anything, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't change your diet and wake up tomorrow and say, I'm not 12 pounds skinnier. <laughs> like why well, is it Some people do, working? but they don't realize the time That's thing. That's not good. That's <laughs> <laughs> not typically how things work. Yeah. So Every good thing yeah, takes time. Takes I tell time. people all the time. You have to work at it and – Unfortunately, like you can't really be – you have to be willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And you will know when you get to that point. Yeah. But you have to tell yourself, like, I still – I have to stick with it. Maybe this isn't the right therapist. Maybe this wasn't the right medication. But mm-hmm. you will find it eventually. Yes. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Stick with and it. I'm, that's my advice. I'm so glad you were here today. Yeah. Thank you for having <laughs> me. It's so yes. fun. So thank you, Stephanie. And we will see everyone again next episode. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining in. Remember to subscribe. Stay connected and follow me on Instagram at marimariburr and follow this podcast online at thethingsthatmatter.me. The Things That Matter podcast is produced in cooperation with Balto Creative Media and the Queen City Podcast Network. It is recorded at the Queen City Podcast Network studios in Uptown Charlotte. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.